2: Hi, guys. Hi. This is Goop Yourself, the podcast where we talk about everything goop. I'm Brian Rucker.
1: I'm Agnes Hewitt.
2: We have, I think, quite a lot on the docket this week compared to... You really? I
0: don't.
2: (laughs) Maybe I just was in a good mood this week or I was excited to read goop, but I was like, oh, there's this article, there's this article. Wow, these things are good. Uh, So I'm excited to get on the mic and, and share.
1: Okay, great. Well, I can't wait to hear what you have to say because <laughs> I have almost nothing. Um, although I will say I was busy this week. Sure. Um, but I have a couple of things. I wrote down a thing or two.
2: I was sort of going slowly crazy all week at home working because the there's like this um big abandoned warehouse behind my house that was like a Oh no. It was like it was like a set Decorating factory. I don't know how to, it's like people would build sets for TV and movie shoots uh in this warehouse behind where I live. And it had been abandoned since COVID. Like they used to um, they used to make like the sets for the Oscars there. Like you would see trucks pulling out with these like giant wood uh like flats of you know, in the shape of an Oscar.
1: Uh-huh. That's cool.
2: It's cool, yeah. Anyway. They, I don't know if they're going to tear this building down or if they're just repainting it or what they're doing, but they have been sandblasting the entire week. I'm actually surprised that I don't hear it now, but, uh, I did not realize how loud sandblasting was and how much the noise carries like, cause it's several hundred feet away from me. But like you open, open my door, open a window and it's just, it's just constant like buzzing.
1: For how long? This whole week?
2: It. They would start. Yeah, this whole week they would start like after eight.
1: That's too early. Sorry, but like I understand, I understand the logic, but it's like like, give me a fucking break. Eight is too early still.
2: It's. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It's whatever the law. I I guess like uh, maybe in LA construction, you can't start construction before eight or something. And then they would take a little lunch, and then they would. Yeah. Yeah. So they'd be they would be done usually around like three. It's like exactly the time that I'm working. Uh, they would be working. So um, when when I would close my laptop, they would close their sandblaster, and then we'd get some peace and quiet.
1: Wow, that sucks. When I lived in my old apartment in Los Feliz, they were doing that. I think they were trying to get us kicked out, like trying to get everyone to move out because they wanted to like turn the whole thing into condos or something. They were like. It was COVID. No one could leave. Mm -hmm. And everyone was working from home. And they would just, like, start, like, absolutely demolishing these apartment buildings in this tiny courtyard apartment at 8 a.m. and go until, like, 8 p.m., like, literally all day. So no one could work. It was so fucked up.
2: Yeah, noise And also there was a
1: guy living under our our apartment building. But that's.
2: (laughs) Wait, in, like, the. Wait, how? Under your apartment building?
1: Yeah, he like lived like under like a, There was like a little like crawl space, like you could crawl like under the building and a guy lived down there. It was
2: like an unhoused person.
1: Unhoused, unless you consider the crawl, <laughs> a crawl
2: space. Is a house. Did the house. super know about it?
1: Nobody gave a shit about it. No anything. one gave a shit. Oh, okay. I think wow. they were literally paying people to they really wanted to get everyone out. They were huge pieces of fucking shit. Yeah. Every single night we would like lock the gate. There was like a gate that um to the parking lot and the dumpsters were in there and it was always locked and every single night somehow the gate would come unlocked and people would go into the dumpster and like throw trash literally all over the entire parking lot and um break into anyone's car if it was
2: unlocked jesus christ
1: so they were obviously like and we complained about it all the time and it was like it wasn't like they were breaking in. It was like it had been locked and someone was unlocking it. So, like, obviously, the someone with a lock with a key was letting was involved with this because they weren't climbing the fence. Like, the gate would be fully open in the morning.
2: So, an inside job.
1: Yeah. Cause they wanted, they wanted the tenants to move out.
2: Do you know what? Is that, did that building ended up, end up being converted to condos or is it still the same? Do you think?
1: I don't know. I've driven by it a couple of times. It does look like it's been sort of renovated, but I it mean, still yeah. looks like the same, like, you know, California dingbat shithole that sure, it sure. always was.
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, Yeah. Home sweet home.
1: Home sweet home. I do miss it. I think about LA all the time.
2: You'll, well, are you, you're coming back not till the summer?
1: I might come back for a spring break. Okay, sweet. Um, Just for a week to like... Visit everyone. I'm scared to fly.
2: Oh, because like the doors are flying falling yeah, off all it's the just planes. Like, it just and... feels
1: like everything everything feels like it's like really bad and like something yeah. bad is gonna happen.
2: End of Empire. It's uh I yeah, I'm going up to um the Bay Area in a few weeks and I'm thinking of driving. Really? I might. Yeah, because I have that you know, we have two cars again finally, so John wouldn't be like stuck at home if I you know, took the car for the weekend. I'll probably end up driving. I'll see what the, how much the tickets cost, but I'm, yeah. And now that I have a hybrid, it's like, I'm only going to have to get, you know, one tank of gas to get up there.
1: Yeah. I might, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I wish there was an easier way to get from New York to LA, but like, obviously there is not.
2: No, um, super Elon Musk bullet train thing.
1: Well, it used to be the super Obama bullet train. Remember when he was like, I want high speed rail.
2: I still... Would love high speed rail, but it's not. I happened. would too.
1: But even if it, we had high speed rail, like if you were in Europe, you still probably wouldn't like take a train from like one end like no. to the other. If you like um, just had those two destinations, you know what I mean? It's like it's a lot of. Yeah. It's big.
2: Splurge for a flight. He'll be fine. It's like what one out of every ten thousand flights crashes. Probably way less than that.
1: I think it's way less than well, that. One actually.
2: million billion.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's, it's just that, it's just how fucking inept and insane everybody seems.
2: Yes. And on I'm edge. like,
1: I've lost faith in the system.
2: I thought, for some reason, I thought after sort of COVID died down, I thought people would sort of like get back to normal as far as being in public spaces and like uh, interacting with each other. But I think everyone has just gotten even more crazy.
1: Yeah, everything is off the rails Isolated? Now. I don't know. Things are bad.
2: Uh, public That's service bad. announcement. The Kirkland brand cashews that I have bought several times because they taste so good. Okay. They have seed oils in them.
1: How can you have seed oils in a cashew? Oh, because they're roasted.
2: They're roasted. And I, so I, I always usually buy the organic ones and I just assume whatever, like it's just the nuts. But when I was Oh, hang out with my family over New Year's. I needed to like do like a bigger grocery shopping and like bring food down for everyone. So I was like, I'm just going to get the cheapo stuff because I don't want to spend $10 million. Mm -hmm. So I got these cashews. They were so good. And so then I bought them again for like me and John. And we've been just snacking on them every day. And then I see on my seed oil Reddit page, a big warning. (laughs) Cashews have peanut oil. And then it's a picture of the exact cashews that I have. I rush to the cupboard in the kitchen. I look at the evidence and uh it's true. I let down my guard. I did not read the ingredient list, which I'm usually so good at, and now um oh, right. I've been poisoning poisoning myself for weeks. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. It's uh it's pretty dispiriting.
1: Yeah, it's um it's um it's stressful.
2: So I'm gonna go, I have to go to Costco this afternoon, buy some replacement nuts. <laughs>
1: I'll
2: let John eat the rest of them because he doesn't give a shit
1: john is okay eating seed
2: oils. he yeah he's fine
1: yeah i eat seed oils
2: uh, no i do too sometimes i mean i i definitely i'm eating those like uh fucking what's it called quest bars and they're chock full of something
1: oh yeah um yeah but whatever um was there a bon appetit receipt this week
2: no there was not a new one there was a follow up to the one we did last week, which I thought was sort of interesting uh
1: okay I've never so, had I've never noticed the, a follow up before
2: no I mean I I guess I haven't looked that close well okay, so I was on I think it was on Instagram and I was just on like the bone Appetit Instagram feed, and like all of whenever they do a a post about the receipt, they always get like some fun comments, yeah uh. But this one, I think, especially because the income level was like so high, it was like nine hundred fifty thousand dollars yeah, so for yeah, for people who didn't listen to the patreon feed last week uh it was uh nine hundred fifty thousand dollars a year he was a forty five year old orchestra conductor from San Francisco, and like he he was just eating all like high end very like douchey like stereotypical like Michelin, like really intense food like for every single meal, yeah and so people- and it actually
1: looked disgusting whenever they're really rich sorry i i want to um let you finish but i just want to no, know yeah there was also that woman who didn't make as much as him but she was making like three hundred and fifty like thousand dollars like three hundred thousand dollars a year or something like that and in washington dc it was like one of the first ones we did it might have been the first one we did and she also ate out a lot and always ate like really like rich foods. And it actually sounds so disgusting, like the amount of like foie gras and stuff these people are eating, like it, it doesn't, it's not appealing. It's like, who would want to eat that much like fat all the time? Like, I just, it's really gross to me.
2: Yeah, it's, it's disgusting. Uh, and I I think it was a combination of just that level of of disgust, plus the sort of, not schadenfreude, that's not the right word. Um, The, the, the material sort of envy or or not even envy just like like really at you know 2024 when people are fucking struggling to like you know pay their heating bills or whatever this guy is this guy's spending you know four thousand yeah. dollars on a tasting menu anyway so someone from the san francisco Chronicle. oh so people were like on the instagram feed i don't know who this person is like it's weird like people from the orchestra conductor community were chiming in okay and were, and they, okay and, this is and exciting like, now they were like $950,000 sounds like really high. Like it's a very small world. Like the only people that would make that much money are like, you know, the like world famous orchestra orchestra leaders. And like, we sort of know everyone that's in that world and like th- nothing adds up. Cause like, okay, cause were- this I-
1: is so interesting because it does sound crazy.
2: Yeah. Cause it's like, it, it just sounds like a, I mean, you would imagine that like people are, Relatively well compensated if they're you know a classical conductor or whatever, but that amount of money, especially if like it's not you know the San Francisco Symphony, like they know who that is, and that's like someone who's in his sixties. There's like a a woman that's also like in her sixties that's like a, a very high level conductor in the Bay Area, and so there's only yeah. like a very small amount of people that this could even be. And oh yeah, so it's he's 45 years old, he's divorced, he has two kids, and then there were context clues in. The receipt because he was talking about his um his parents making like Mapo tofu and some other Chinese dish. So they were like, yeah. he's probably Chinese American. So like Chinese American 40s, San Francisco, it couldn't be that many people.
1: Who are making and- a million dollars. Who <laughs> making
2: a million dollars. Yeah. And so this orchestra guy from I guess he wrote in, he wrote like a letter, not a letter to the editor, but like um a like an editorial. Uh, his name's oh. Joshua Cosman. He wrote it in the San Francisco Chronicle.
1: Wow. Okay. So this is making it into like another paper.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's nothing San Francisco people like to do more than like talk about themselves. And like, it's a big city, but it's not that big of a city. So whenever it gets like national attention, I feel I know like,
1: exactly. I'm you know sorry. I mean? say, and I don't yeah. mean to be offensive, but like, yeah. it's very similar to Chicago.
2: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like they get a little bit of national attention. They're like, you don't understand what it's like to be us. Yeah. We are like this, okay, here. And it's like, okay, nobody really cares that much. <laughs> we no. cared a little and, bit about the one thing. And, and if it. it's
2: like, I mean, San Francisco's obviously gotten a lot of like bad press in the past few years, especially from like right wing media. And so right. they're a little defensive as they should be, because we don't have to get into the whole thing, but like San Francisco's fine, guys. Like I go there several times a year. It's 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 the same as it ever was. Anyway this guy Joshua Cosman he writes an article says San Francisco conductor with nine hundred fifty thousand salary splurges on fine dining something is fishy okay so
1: is, this sarc- is it sarcasm
2: uh no I think he's like really like this doesn't make sense like this okay to me like
1: splurges on fine dining something is fishy sounds sarcastic oh but, n- but maybe that's just because I'm such a pig that it doesn't seem I'm like To me, it sounds like, oh, I'm sorry, you're saying that a single guy who makes a lot of money eats out a lot. No, it can't be. That's what it sounds like.
2: I think he's saying more like, they, they, no one should, no one makes this much money in in our industry,
1: right? Which sounds correct. Like it doesn't. It seems, yeah, it seems like just a very high salary for a job that like probably doesn't. Um, there's not a lot of demand for. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So he interviews a lot of his peers, um, you know, it goes into like uh, you know, it's an astonishing astonishing snapshot of this anonymous musician's culinary lifestyle. Uh, you know, he spends $3500 just on dining out in one week. And then he interviews uh San Francisco Symphony's resident conductor, um Daniel Bartholomew Poyser, who says, "I don't think conductors are making a million dollars a year." Um No. Even like Michael Tilson Thomas, who is like a household name as far as like conductors go, uh, he, oh, he was making that much. But like, if you, unless you're him or, you know, Leonard Bernstein or Lydia Tarr or someone. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the income level for most, it says mere mortals in the industry, even like really successful ones, is like 200 to 600,000 a year,
1: which is a really good living, a great
2: living. Um, Let's see. Someone else is interviewed, says, uh, I do think it's entirely plausible. We've been looking at salaries across the industry. And to my surprise, it's mostly older male conductors who make money through a combination of music directorship and frequent guest conducting. So she's saying it, it might be possible. Uh, but then he interviews people and like no one seems to know who this person would be. The protagonist might have blurred some biographical details to cover his tracks. Maybe he's not a 45-year-old male conductor, but a 60-year-old female pianist. Maybe San Francisco isn't his primary residence. So then it's like, well, then we're making up all the details. And it's like, what's the point?
1: Well, if they're, let's say, let's say it's a 60-year-old. I think that taking yourself from a 60-year-old woman to a 45-year-old man is a pretty big leap. But I would say maybe taking yourself from like, A 50-year-old to a 45-year-old is, like, less of a leap. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, like, and, like, swapping your gender doesn't seem like as big of a leap to me if you're, like, just trying to kind of, like, explain.
2: But the details were so specific about, like, he has these two kids and he's paying child support and he's going out on these dates.
1: And also, like the way that he's eating and what he's eating, like it feels—it's not. Cool. It's not a, I don't think no. that is a woman.
2: Uh And then after this article was published, they did figure out who it was, <gasps> or they think there. There's no proof, but um, so there is this guy, and he didn't change any autobiographical details. He's 45. His name's Ming Luke. Um, he. Is I think he works primarily in Nashville, which is the thing. He's the principal conductor of the Nashville ballet. And then he does guest conducting in San Francisco and Berkeley sometimes. So he might not be part of like the whole San Francisco scene, which was why he like ran a little under the radar.
1: That makes sense. Wait, tell me his name again.
2: Ming M I N G Luke L U K E. And if you go to his Instagram, it's like full of like douchey, like (laughs) funny. Yeah. and also
1: yeah. like I'm sorry to say this and I really don't want to sound rude but like Nashville feels a little more foie gras kind of you know what I mean thing like Nashville it's like to me San Francisco well I don't know I mean well, I well foie
2: gras I, I was just, banned from California for years
1: yeah but I'm not talking about that specifically I'm talking about the kind of like um like ostentatious kind of mm-hmm. like um like just sort of like gratuitous, uh, add-ons and stuff like that. Like, I, I feel like the food scene is like incredible in San Francisco and like, certainly like the, like Napa and like the surrounding areas. Um, and I feel like the kind of fine dining, the bar for fine dining in that part of California is so high. I just find it hard to imagine. I just, I feel like the guy who's kind of like the hot shit guy is like, maybe not all foie gras and caviar, but I could be wrong. Do you know what I I mean? That feels more natural to me. And I don't mean that in a rude way, but I guess maybe it is rude.
2: Well, I think like traditionally, like San Francisco has for the size of its city, it's always had like a lot of fine dining, and like it had, it made its bones on like this this California cuisine, which was like a little sort of like you know it's elevated, but it's still like lighter and simple. And like the people that go to those restaurants are for the most part like pretty sophisticated. So yeah, something that's just like slapping on some foie gras or some caviar—it's
0: uh, douchey.
1: And yeah. I mean, there are plenty of douchebags up there. Trust me, oh, yeah. and, like. The wine men are like complete yeah. douchebags for sure, and probably do just like lick foie gras off like prostitutes. Yeah. Well, and tech and, and the tech
2: money, and it's all the, no, not to be like snobby, but it's all these people from that were not from the Bay Area that moved there, and they are like the douchiest of the douches. And so now. So this
1: guy's a composer. I feel like a San Francisco composer is like that's Conductor. Like, oh, conductor. That's what yeah. I meant. Sorry. I don't know what anything is, but like. <laughs> I feel like the San Francisco conductor, like that is the epitome of sophistication. Like yeah. that's the target. That's like the target, like Thomas Keller, like client. You know what I mean? Customer. Like someone who makes like a bunch of money by doing something really fancy that like only other like rich, fancy people even appreciate and like just is part of this like elevated society that like we don't even know about.
2: No, totally. But yeah, then do you think Thomas Keller, he's not above, you know, slapping some foie gras and stuff. And I
1: mean, like, literally, I, that was the worst example because, like, his most famous thing is just like caviar in an ice cream yeah.
2: cup. So. Uh, and it's really good. But he was doing it, you know, 30 years ago. And so you'd think, like, yeah, it's so 80s. Yeah. Anyway, Ming Luke, um, I'm sure he's a really talented conductor. God bless him. Please, Ming, why get do you say
1: such mean, shitty things on the main one? And, like, I should have saved my. Classist, coastal elitist bullshit for the Patreon. Uh,
2: that's what. That's why people come to this podcast anyway. For our for uh, uninformed our coastal, coastal elitism. Coastal elitism. <laughs> um, switching subjects. This has not. Sorry, this has nothing to do with Goop. I just really wanted to talk about this with someone besides myself.
1: Perfect. <laughs> that's what I'm here for.
2: <laughs> what is going on with Kate Middleton?
1: Okay, I've had so many thoughts about this I haven't been able to follow it as much as I would like to because. I'm in this like stupid program that like stops me from spending as much time on instagram as I really should be spending but um. I know that they announced like okay Kate Middleton is like going to the hospital or whatever. Um, and there's something like deeply wrong with her.
2: Something deeply, I mean, she hasn't there been was seen in public surgery. Yes, the, the abdominal surgery. So And
1: they said that she was gonna take like X amount of time to recover. But my question, and and they're also saying that like they're still within the time frame of um like when she said that was gonna happen. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they're saying that's still within the time frame. Like we haven't gone over. um, We haven't gone over like how long we said we were going to. I'm so sorry. Can you look in the. In the- they
2: originally the- said that she was definitely like keeping a low profile and being, re- she was recovering through like Easter. So that hasn't, but the thing, I mean, there's a lot of things that are weird and the fact that there isn't she's not even like, you know, taking a picture like waving from her hospital bed or like i'm, you know, you know, thank you so much for the well wishes. Like something the fact that she's nowhere to be seen is obviously making everyone even more conspiratorial, which i think is great. Like i i love a i mean, you know, i hope she's okay, but like i love a great conspiracy theory and it's hard for me to have any sort of sympathy towards like the royal family
1: i have thought here are my theories yeah abortion
2: okay like but an abortion because of infidelity or because she just doesn't want to have a baby
1: could be either yeah, okay. i mean if it's infidelity that's huge but because you know that like tampers with like their beloved bloodline But. I feel like an abortion, that would be like a weekend. I don't think that would be this whole thing.
2: No, it would have to be some sort of complication. I mean, I understand why they they would want to keep an abortion private because, I mean, she, obviously a woman can do whatever she wants with her body. And she's like, you know, she's over 40. I can see why she wouldn't have want to have another kid. Um, but then the I mean, crazy royalists would probably be like, you're killing a royal baby. Like, how dare you?
1: Oh, there's no, you don't even need to explain it. There's like zero yeah. chance they would ever... Ever admit to an abortion in that family? Like, no.
2: But there's already um, an heir and a spare, so it's like there's like, don't they have three kids? There's already? two spares. Two spares, yeah. So, but yeah, but yeah, you're the crazy people would be would should they would never forgive her.
1: I mean, everybody would be sort of scared. I mean, I would be scandalized by it. It's just like it's just not like it just doesn't fit the picture of the royal family. Mm. Like, you can't do it. She would never admit to it. But like I said, I really don't think that an abortion would take that long. No. So um then there's like plastic surgery tummy tuck
2: again this is not a three-month recovery period like even so if if she has like a full yeah full tummy tuck um i mean people are joking but they're like oh maybe she got like a bbl That would be so funny. Uh, I mean, I think because abdominal surgery, like a like even like a hysterectomy, I was li- like, that is like a pretty relatively short recovery period comparatively. Um, then, I mean, speaking of <laughs> my own experience with abdominal surgery, if she had a ruptured appendix that led to sepsis, that mm-hmm. could take a long time. But it's like, then why not just like that wouldn't be scandal. That would just be like, oh, that's horrible. Like no one would be like scandalized by it. So why not say that? Um, okay.
1: So then the other option is: what if she's very ill? What if it's very like stomach Ill. cancer? Yeah,
2: or or the other big theory online, and this is alleged, is she's been suffering from an eating disorder for a long time? Well, there's gotten-
1: no way that's not true.
2: Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> um, there's
1: just definitely true. Um,
2: but again, stomach cancer—horrible, like tragic—but no one it would it wouldn't be a scam it would be sympathy 100 percent sympathy
1: yeah but she could also be waiting until she has like more information to make it public
2: yeah yeah yeah. she
1: also might not actually be like recover. she might it might be like an emotional recovery or something mm-hmm. like that you know like what if she had some sort of surgery and she doesn't feel well and she's just like i just need three months after this yeah. like i need to say like This is how long my recovery is going to take. What if it is an abortion and she's fucked up about it, or like a miscarriage or something? Because she's, you know, and and she has issues that she doesn't feel up to going out and working, and she can take the time so she will. That's another possibility.
2: And again, like this is in no like people should be able to be as private or public as they want to be with anything, and except this is the royal family and they technically like work for the people of great britain
1: <laughs> i know the other possibility is trouble in paradise
2: well yeah that's the other big th- the big theory is
1: she cheated got, got pregnant had an abortion they're like what are we going to do with this bitch we want to divorce her but we can't have another public scandal what are we gonna do Put charles
2: has cancer harry and megan was a disaster if kate and will get divorced that is i truly think like the end of the royal family
1: and the thing is like they won't like i think that there is no way in hell that they will let that happen i think that like this is their entire thing both of them like whatever they believe whatever it's like for them in private like I think they're like, this is our lives. We're the monarchy. Like, we are traditional, whatever. Like, this is what we're going to do. And they're just, like, going 100% into it. Because, like, everyone hates Camilla. Harry, whatever. Love him or hate him. He's not doing it. And, like, Charles is probably going to die. And you can't have, like, a divorced dad king.
2: No. And, like, that's what is so crazy about this whole thing is because Kate and William, specifically Kate, has played the role of, like, the wife, the princess, the queen, future queen, so well. Like, she's had basically, like, no scandals. She's shown up for everything. I mean, reportedly she had really tough uh, pregnancies and births. And she's still, you know, right at the hospital as she was probably in so much pain. She was waving for the cameras and doing everything she needed to do. So that's why this is so out of character
1: and i do usually follow this stuff like fairly closely and this i'm looking at i'm looking it up right now just because like i haven't really had as much of a chance to just kind of get into it but um yeah i'm definitely scandalized
2: yeah. and no one from her family has um had a picture taken of them in the past few months i i do think that there it is a combination of a like a serious whether it's a physical or a mental illness, and yeah. and the end of the marriage. uh The other crazy rumors are like she's already dead, she's in a coma. Apparently, there's a, a housekeeper that is leaking information to one of the tabloids that says she's been in a coma. That's probably not true. And then the other sort of funny, sort of crazy theory is that she's like she pulled like a full Gone Girl and like just completely disappeared. <laughs> What if
1: it just, like, the pressure finally got to her and she completely cracked?
2: I wouldn't blame her. I mean, who could withstand the pressure? And, like, again, alleged. But, like, you see her, pictures of her for years and she's ex- extremely thin. Like, you don't know what's going on. But, like, this is a woman that maybe – I mean, and for anyone to, like, put up that facade of just, like, perfection and placidity for, for how many years, it's, like, of course you're going to crack unless you're, like, you know, inhuman – and you know this every you know every uh, wife of the like it's all they've all cracked so like why is she so it it makes sense but um but I do think if we ever figure out what's going on if she if we ever see her again maybe this is just this is it and we'll never I
1: mean I do think and this is true they said that her plan was always to be out until after Easter. And it also really could just be like when she goes out, like she doesn't wear flats. She doesn't wear, you know, comfortable clothing like she's in those like fucking like stiletto pumps basically all the time. Um, I don't know. She's like always I don't know how they walk around. She and Megan both. They're like walking around in that shit all the time. Like. She's has this expectation of like thinness and perfection that she wants to maintain. I could really could see, okay, maybe it was a procedure that just has like some recovery time. And she just like, doesn't want to come back to public life until she's going to come back a hundred percent. Exactly. As she was before.
2: Yeah. I mean, I just feel like, it's like a, it would be a slam dunk like sympathy to get people on the royal family side if she was sick and then they showed her in the hospital or they showed her, you know, wearing sweatpants. Like, I feel like that would endear her to people in a way that like she and, and humanize her and will uh, in a way that they but maybe that's not what they want. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I can't put my mind, you know, myself in their minds, but it's it seems like what Diana did, what what Megan did at the beginning and then, you know. Absolutely didn't, but like that. that hum-
1: is not good at this. No, no. I, <laughs> I don't think Megan is good at this, and I feel like Kate also like. I I think Kate has exactly the like support that she wants and like requires. Like she's not going. She's not trying to like flip anyone. She's no. not trying to like. Mm. She's going for that like royalist, like old, like monarchy, Tory sort of support, and like that's what she has, a hundred percent. So like for those people showing like an authentic Kate's, like sick and gross in sweatpants, that's like not the thing that they like about the monarchy is that they don't see that side of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think that she want, and like they also like this like secrecy stuff. And it also could be, I don't know, maybe no one's talking about Harry's, bo- no one's talking about the book where it said Kate was the one who said like whatever, what color is? Oh right, God, like. I
2: forgot about that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, no
1: one's talking about that. Everyone's just like, "Where's Kate? Is Kate okay? Oh my God, was she dead? Did she disappear? Is she a eating disorder? Is she did it?" No one's talking about Megan.
2: No one's even talking about the king is probably deathly ill and won't live for too much longer. No one's talking about that. The
1: king has cancer, and then there's some bullshit where, like, Harry wants to come back, and Will is jealous of his um, sports game thing, whatever, for the... veterans (laughs) what's the invictus Games? okay
2: that one passed me by i guess
1: harry has this charity called the invictus games and it's like the one thing that he did well as and it was like actually the best thing that any of them have ever have done he started this like it's i don't really know exactly what it is it's like sports it's like it's kind of like the olympics i guess sort of but for like british veterans of war so it's like veterans who do sports like can compete and it's like a big thing that happens now and he always goes out for it every year. And like, um it it feels like something that could become like a real thing that like lasts, like maybe like even after he dies, like is like a thing that happened, like a renew tradition, sort of. And it's it was a good, it was like the one good program that really any of them have started. <laughs> um so there's that.
2: So she's maybe just taking it on the chin forever to to she's like the um you know, she's the sacrificial lamb. All the all the rumors, all of the tabloid gossip will just be centered around her and no one's actually talking about all the other chaos that's happening in the royal family.
1: Maybe something really bad was about to drop. Maybe Megan was like gonna come and say, like, yeah, it was Kate.
2: Mm. Oh, um, I, mean, or like God, all of I this, would live for that.
1: You know, I mean, at this point I wouldn't. I'm like so sick of this story. It's like been the same story.
2: <laughs> I guess this last few days, because I, I was like not caught up on it. And then I must have had a little bit of free time the last couple of days because I went on, uh, I went back to Twitter and I went on Reddit and I was doing a lot of deep diving and it was, so uh,
0: good.
2: it's fascinating to me. So I would, I'd be up for anything. I mean, you know, I hope she's safe and well, but.
1: I just feel like Megan and Harry have been, like, dragging on literally the same story about, like, one fight they had with his family for, like, yeah. five years. And it's...
2: They, they really are stupid. They really fumbled it. They had an entire country called the United States basically on their side. They had all of the doors open to them in whatever they wanted to do. Megan had the most A-list stars, she friends, she could imagine. And then... She wouldn't do her fucking six-episode podcast? and
1: Well, the problem is, this is, okay, I I have analyzed this, and I'll tell you. And this is what the British people don't understand either. They literally do not get that in the United States, in order to be respected, you actually do have to do something. Oh, yeah. There's no one, even Kim Kardashian, like, the most... Uh, like, uh, what's the word? Like, famous for being famous.
2: She has the reputation, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: like, so, like, pseudo celebrity on the planet is actually, and everybody knows, like, basically a, a model, a businesswoman, blah, blah, blah. She, like, you know, started this. She, like, tons of, yeah, lucrative businesses. She went to
2: law school, like, she's like constantly doing,
1: so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the law school thing, I don't know, but like, <laughs> actually, she didn't go to law school, she just studied hard to, like, take the test. And I'm But not then she sure decided she not
2: positive. to, or something.
1: She never went. She was like, there's like a loophole in California where you don't have to go to law school that you can to pass the bar. So she was like studying with a tutor, and she I know she failed it twice. I don't know if she passed it the uh, third time.
2: California bar is hard.
1: I think going to law school would help a lot with that, actually. <laughs> Probably, but I don't yeah. think she did it. So whatever, it doesn't matter. She but like, you know what I mean? It's like even these people, and so like the British Royalist people who like live to hate Megan and Harry. Well, every time there's like The Tonys or the Oscars or something, they'll be like, did you notice that Meghan and Harry weren't invited? And it's like, well, no, but there's no reason they would be invited like they if they don't have a movie or something like it's not just like a who's who where like cool people get invited. Like usually it has something to do with like actually, you know, being nominated or at least presenting or something like every single Every single celebrity isn't there every single year, you know? Yeah, it's very –
2: the Oscars is very specific to the film industry. I mean, you know, if you're you're Jack Nicholson, you get invited every year, but it's, like, just because you're famous doesn't mean you're going to get invited.
1: Exactly, yeah. Like, I'm sure there are plenty of years that, like, Oprah, for example, hasn't been invited Mm -hmm. because she hasn't had a movie out, you know? Um, Or, like, the Obamas, you know? Like, they probably aren't, like, getting invited every year. Um, I mean, maybe they are. I don't know.
2: Well, now they have, you know – higher ground No, they like, have higher ground
1: but whatever like um the the like the british like psychotic royalist people who just like see that as like they they literally don't understand like we don't just have like society events for society even the met gala isn't really just that that's like basically also like a like a convention
2: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> um with like a lot of like marketing and stuff behind it. And like, um, nothing is just like society. So they, the British public doesn't understand that, but also Meghan and Harry, even though Meghan is American and should have understood this, like did not understand this. So when they came to America, they were like, yeah, we're going to do an explosive interview. And then we're just kind of going to be like rich people and someone will give us money because we're special, and that has more or less worked out for them.
2: I yeah, think. I think they're probably economically they're absolutely fine.
1: But they do like they. I don't think they have the the cultural relevance that they thought that they were going to have that. I think that they desire.
2: No, no, they yeah. In in order to have that, they're, they'd have to do something, and they'd they have would to have be to be relatively good at what they do,
1: and and like yes you can be a member of the royal family and i guess they do have to go and do their uh, whatever they're called engagements or whatever they're called and they have to you know work to do a charity and pick some like you know cause that they're gonna do um but like i don't think that that is hard (laughs) and like I think that the whole system is set up to make it as easy as possible for them and they can do whatever they want. And they have like all the resources in the world to do whatever they want. So like, and they get total reward attention, like literal praise, literal, like next to God status um, by many people in the UK um just because of who they are. And like, I really think here, I truly do not think Harry like understood that that wasn't going to be the case mm-hmm. in marriage.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Megan should have known better, but, uh, and that's the thing with Megan is like, she's, she's, you know, knows how to be on camera. She's like, she knows how to like, she's whenever she's compelling when she, when I do hear her talk and she knows, I don't know how to craft a narrative. So I, I don't understand what the disconnect is. Why she it's just, it's just laziness. She just doesn't want to do it. Megan
1: is, megan is beautiful and she's like an actress i feel like i like megan is an actress yeah, she, yeah. if she was acting i think she would be great yeah i feel like whatever this kind of thing is i I just don't think that they know what they're doing like no. they, i don't think they had a plan clearly um, uh
2: well yeah. hopefully um we'll get more information on the kate saga uh because I I don't know I'm plugged in now I I think this is maybe one of the this is like more fascinating to me than the Harry Meghan thing for sure
1: maybe she's gonna like come out on Easter she'll be like wearing like a little yellow dress and doing an Easter egg hunt I bet you the first time we'll see her it's gonna be like an Easter Easter egg hunt hunt.
2: and it's like nothing ever happened
1: She's just going to be like, oh, I just like stepped out to the Easter egg hunt with my yeah. children. All right. I mean, no big deal. Case, but she'll be dressed like really, really good.
2: With her new BBL.
1: <laughs> with her BBL. What if she got lipo and there was a complication?
2: I mean, could someone that skinny get lipo? It's like crazy. Yeah, that, that's who it's for. That's for Okay.
1: Because it's just for a little
2: whoops, little nips and tucks.
1: It's not for a whole yeah. body makeover.
2: Yeah, maybe uh one more article i want to talk about before we yeah. get to the newsletters a from, lot of my stuff
1: is not from good by the way
2: oh it's fine yeah uh from the new york post secrets of hollywood's saudi arabian gold rush gwyneth paltrow wow. gamble johnny depp get millions Wow. this is a real like anti well not specifically anti-gwyneth but just like anti-hollywood i'm surprised i don't know but i was like sort of impressed by the new york post going like full fledged uh you know no prisoners taken on this um elon musk may be the richest man in the world but Mohammed bin Salman, the uh crown prince, prince of saudi arabia has more money at his disposal um some of La La Land's biggest names from Will Smith to Gwyneth Paltrow and Johnny Depp have been happy to soak up the kingdom's majestic sand dunes. The Saudis offered we, we knew this offered a million dollars each to lure stars to the Red Sea Film Festival. Gwyneth uh took home more than that. Then wow. why? I guess her price was more. Okay. Uh so let's see. Um so yeah, like though the dad, whose king, Salman, is still on the throne, MBS is said to be the de facto ruler of Saudi Arabia, and he's, like, you know, been trying to court Westerners for years. Um, They say Idris Elba, Gerard Butler, and Jason Momoa were among the first big names. This is after, like, the death of Jamal Khashoggi that MBS was, you know, like, responsible for, a, you know, chopping up a journalism, a journalist, and putting him in a suitcase.
1: Okay.
2: Um, I mean, that's everyone knows that story, right?
1: I didn't know. But oh, so
2: there's a journalist for The Washington Post, Jamal Khashoggi, who I guess was reporting on Saudi Arabia. And he was murdered by the government of Saudi Arabia and like chopped up and put in a suitcase.
1: What happened in the suitcase? I
2: don't know. I guess they found it. I think it was a suitcase. It was something. It was something really grisly. So for a few years after that, no Americans would touch. MBS would t- would go to Saudi Arabia but that um ended because they just have so much money. So, Gwyneth, this is new reporting as far as I'm concerned. I didn't know this before. Goop, multimillionaire Paltrow spoke Friday, I guess this is this past Friday at FII, which is the Future Investment Initiative in Miami. You know how she's been going to Miami all the time recently? This is why. She has yeah, she went to Miami a few months ago, supposedly to help her friend open a business. And she's by- been flying back oh, and forth yeah, a couple of times. And that
1: business thing was kind of fishy.
2: So fishy. So it, this is all because of Saudi Arabia. Okay. Uh, it's um a series of summits sponsored by the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund. Um, Aside from Gwyneth, it's also attracted Brian Grazer, Dr. Oz, Rob Lowe, um the Carlisle group. I mean, it's truly like...
1: This is a really interesting... Illuminati, crew, like, I gotta people. Say.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay, wait. Rob Lowe, the Carlisle group, and who was the other person you just Dr.
2: Went? Oz, Brian Dr. Grazer, Oz, Gwyneth Paltrow.
1: And Gwyneth. I see... For me, it's like... Gwyneth Paltrow... It goes Rob Lowe... I'm doing the chain, the link. Gwyneth, Rob Lowe to Gwyneth. Gwyneth to dr oz dr oz to the carlisle group i think all three maybe are linked to the
2: Carlyle group. i'm sure they're i mean i don't want to get conspiratorial but they're all sure? linked they're all linked
1: <laughs> i'm just yeah like who's friends with who in that group can
2: i say the word cabal if you must <laughs> uh Joey Shea, the Saudi Arabia researcher at the Human Rights Watch, told The Post that Hollywood's embrace of the kingdom and its cash is really insidious. We can't stop this torrent of money enticing all these celebs and normalizing how people see the country. Um, They go into the uh, Khashoggi murder. Um, Intriguingly, and this is not a surprise either supermodel naomi campbell is bffs with Mohammed al Turki, who's the scion of one of saudi's wealthiest families and the founder of the red sea film festival which lurch mm. stars like gwyneth will smith sharon stone and priyanka chopra mm. naomi's mm. at the center i mean she's like she was best friends with galane i mean i just gwyneth needs to really watch like tread well, carefully here because like gwyneth if you're listening you have enough money you don't need to do this and i i realize you are a capitalist and you love money and you probably think these saudi guys are nice because they're nice to you and you know Mm. i don't uh just and you know she's canny so if if this becomes too public and, and becomes too much of a narrative she'll probably stop or at least keep it secret but um this is pretty distasteful i have to say
1: Fortunately, I have to agree with you.
2: Oh wow! Okay, you got something critical for your queen. And just to remind people, I just don't think.
1: No, no, no. Let me let me backtrack. Okay. I wouldn't say distasteful. I would say more. I'm concerned about her, and I want. I want. I want nothing but the best for her.
2: Like. And I guess this is easy money. I mean, you show up to a place for a weekend, you get a million dollars goop.
1: But she's been doing this for years. I mean, like, this isn't the first time there were always stories about her getting flown out to like sing at some guy's birthday party, like before celebrities were all kind of like pay to play, like sort of trash. (laughs) And there was kind of more of a mystique about what celebrities would and wouldn't like condescend to do like there was a time when celebrities would only do um do uh like comm- like tv commercials in other countries yeah. they wouldn't do them in the states um back then there were always like these like secret stories like oh yeah and like this guy like paid one of and she like performed at his birthday party or like beyonce there are stories about her oh sure that.
2: all of uh yeah mariah carey um i mean hillary swank famously went to like turkmenistan or something and that so maybe it was saudi arabia but no it, it's always gone under the radar and like these celebrities have always done shady shit like this but uh it's I don't know. It's because like, at least with Gwyneth, I mean, it's the Red Sea Film Festival. She's gone to Miami at least twice, once a few months ago. And then once last weekend, like, it seems like, um, a, a regular thing now. I wonder if she's trying, she's probably trying to get Sa- Saudi Arabian VC money to, to expand Goop.
1: I mean, everybody wants Saudi Arabian money for their project. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a tennis
2: fan and it's, it's happening in tennis. They're, uh, they're, they're just, putting a shit ton of money. There'll probably be a Grand Slam tennis tournament in Saudi Arabia for men and women, a country that, you know, women are clearly like discriminated against and not treated equally, a country where LGBT rights are non-existent and this is a the tennis tour where at least on the women's tour there's a lot.
1: This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June.
2: Um, but it's maybe it's inevitable because no one else has any money.
1: Dark times. Or are they? Is this just how it always goes?
2: It might be. Maybe we're naive. Maybe this is always how it's happened and then we're just sort of paying attention to it now. Um, I think,
1: honestly, it's just because we've always wanted – We I think we've just, like, always had this fantasy that, like, America was – American industry was, like, self-sustaining and, like, yeah. now it's not –
2: yeah. And like, I, you know, America's obviously done lots of horrible things over the years, as far as, you know, human rights, uh, you know, bombing civilians, everything. So maybe I shouldn't, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia on a, you know, on a, like, is Saudi Arabia that much worse than, you know, America or China or Russia or, you know, any of these countries? Maybe not.
1: Good question to ask. Um, I don't really
2: know and then Ari Emanuel of course is big into this he said about the Khashoggi murder I think a bad thing happened but let's be very clear about something I'm not defending what he did uh you know I've had a brother that's been in two white houses every country does bad things they just don't do it at an embassy that's the other thing because Khashoggi was killed literally like at the embassy at
1: the U.S. embassy
2: I think so, right? Because he worked for the Washington Post, so I imagine it would be at the U.S. Embassy. Yeah.
1: Well, that's scary.
2: It's hard to be a moralist. How do you say no? At a point you overlook it. If you're going to succeed, you have to stoop to conquer in some cases. It reminds me of a quote from St. Augustine. Give me chastity and temperance, but not yet.
1: Damn, that is good. That is... Um... That is a very honest statement. I think. Yeah,
2: I mean Ari Emanuel, he tells it like it He's is. No bullshit.
1: I guess that's really. Uh... I respect it.
2: It's respect yeah, it, yeah. I it's just, like... it's like Gwen I, I just, it's. I mean, I, you know, maybe I hold Gwyneth to a different threshold. Well, but...
1: Gwyneth didn't say that, and she never would. But like, I think it's cool that Ari was like, hmm. yeah. Yeah,
2: he's uh he's transparent about how you know transactions. This is what
1: I want. He's like, I want power and I don't care. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I guess I can't stop. I mean, what am I gonna do? The only thing I can do is become more powerful than you want to stop you.
2: I mean, maybe gwyneth will leave Brad for a Saudi prince.
1: No, she's not. She she'll never leave Brad. She loves him so much. She makes him breakfast. Oh, the
2: boyfriend breakfast. She did another one this weekend. Well, it was so gross. What was it? I forget. All right.
1: They're all disgusting. I don't know. The boyfriend bre- the paleo breakfasts. Okay, you know I want to become a vegetarian. And I know I say I want to do a new diet every week and I never do any of them, but like I really I have a v- friend who's a vegan. And he's like a man who's like strong. And so I was like, okay, like you can be a strong vegan. Yeah. And also like I don't think I could be a vegan, but I think I could maybe be a vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian for like last night and then today.
2: <laughs> I was a vegetarian for years. Uh
1: yeah.
2: And I it was easy. Um but then once I started eating meat, I never looked back. And I think
1: vegetarian is easy. I think vegan is a little harder. Vegan is hard.
2: You have I mean, and vegan unless you're just eating like vegetables and beans and stuff, you're going to have so much processed food. Yeah so i don't know but like it's i mean meat red meat and alcohol are probably like the two worst things for like you know carcinogens aside from like cigarettes yeah
1: yeah and i shove it all Mm. down my throat including cigarettes don't tell my doctor
2: oh this is a yeah don't
1: well that's actually not true i literally have smoked two cigarettes since i moved to new york but it feels like a lot
2: i mean two in over a year in new york is like Basically nothing.
1: It's because I don't keep, I, whenever I've had them, I've been drunk already and bought yeah. one.
2: Exactly. And
1: then I leave it at home. And then I'm, I don't have it. And so unless I'm like really willing to like go and get another cigarette, I'm not, I also like, I haven't gotten that drunk that Smart. many times. The drunkest I got by far was the other week when, um, we went to brunch with a middle aged gay couple. Oh,
0: well, and that'll Brian do it. And I
1: were
2: both that'll like do it.
1: Growing up and like passing out. Oh, so that was really, that's like definitely the drunkest I got. Was since. it like
2: a gay brunch, like at a gay, uh, like a gay bar or restaurant?
1: Well, no, it was like we went to a brunch in a place where like you got three drinks with your order, not bottomless, but you like it came with three drinks. And then afterwards they were like, let's go to a gay bar and keep yep. drinking. So we went, there was like no one there because it was like, two o'clock or something in the afternoon and we like had a couple more drinks and then we were like fucked up like i thought i was gonna die brian was like insane brian like ordered mcdonald's three times (laughs) i'm having issues with it like it was just like absolute chaos all night long like until like 6 a.m like we were just like literally insane (laughs)
2: yeah that's what happens those uh brunch drinks at a gay bar are not for the faint of heart
1: it was not it wasn't a gay bar it was a Mexican restaurant but I feel like it was like I feel like their clientele was in Hell's Kitchen um yes
2: Ariba Ariba no oh I love god that's call like, you after okay but I there if there's one thing I miss about New York it's Ariba Ariba <laughs> the worst Mexican food in the world with the strongest drinks it's great yeah the
1: food was not that good but the drinks yeah. made it the drink was so good it was like a it was like a slushy yeah with alcohol in it
2: yeah so it's it's the alcohol and the sugar and the like the
1: whole thing Mexican and then keeping going yeah. and then oh. all day
2: and and those middle-aged gay guys they weren't telling <laughs> you but they were they were probably doing a little something a little toot toot
1: i mean i don't know maybe
2: <laughs> to keep themselves going yeah i mean I'm not i don't saying-
1: know me I like me and one of them guys like, my God is some cigarettes, and like that's when I got like soup we both like oh. smoked a cigarette, oh. and like as soon as we did it, we were like, I have to go home right now,
2: grow up. yeah, that's i yeah. I' getting sick just thinking about it. All right, let's move on, okay. What was your best of the week?
1: Okay, so my best of the week here. it's actually funny. The thing I would try, this my original best of the week. I moved down to the thing I would try. My thing I would try. I cannot read it. It's like the GP facts. F. It. I literally cannot read what I wrote, so I will never know.
2: GP facts.
1: I literally can't read what it says. Like it looks like FAKS.
2: Face, Gwyneth Paltrow maybe, face.
1: Maybe it's a P A L E R. Uh, I have no idea. So I just, but it doesn't matter because I just, I moved my thing, my other best down to the thing I would try. So we'll get to that later. And so my new best is actually the um, plant milk. Okay. I felt like this was some good old fashioned orthorexic Mm -hmm. bullshit from goop. I love doing, I love getting into the weeds about like what kind of milk is right for you. This is like old goop to me. Like these types of like moralizing questions about like, is it ethical to eat, to drink almond milk? Like these are the kinds of things that I want keeping me up at night instead of like, you know, like, war
2: (laughs) yeah this made me
1: i enjoy this
2: i loved it too i mean this is my craziest but only because i had to bump something else to my best and this was i mean i'll just say it's craziest because it was so good and there was like more than one thing on goop that i actually enjoyed this week
1: yeah i mean this really gets into the i mean the one thing about this that this says that i've always agreed that i've always understood cow's milk has a lot of protein
2: Oh yeah, way more than anything else.
1: And there's something to be said for that, I think.
2: Yeah. So they so they they sort of evaluate all the different milks on both nutritional and environmental. And environment.
1: So it's like and and it's like who are you going to side with?
2: Cause there's no it's all sort of a, you know, a two point access. Like there's 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 no there's no right answer uh cow's milk you know has the most protein um but it also has the biggest environmental impact uh over twice the amount of land use greenhouse gas emissions water use and eutrophication which means the rapid growth of microorganisms in a body of water yeah. than any you know plant substitute mm then we have poor, poor old soy milk, which has really gotten um, usurped in recent decades by uh, mm-hmm. other newer products, has a fair amount of protein, six grams of protein, and there are environmental benefits too. It's a legume because it, um, or so it, it means that it's good for the soil and um, it doesn't use as much water as other things. Almond milk famously uses a ton of water, not as much as cow's milk, but more than anything else.
1: Yeah, almond milk is the worst. It's bad. Plant milk for the yeah, other And there's
2: no, like, there's very little protein in it, too.
1: But but it is my favorite.
2: I I mean, my favorite tasting-wise, if I was just going by taste, I would, oat milk is my favorite.
1: I know, but, like, once I found out about how oat milk was, like, all canola. yeah. It really doesn't taste the same. It's like gross to me now.
2: It's gross. I mean, it has the canola oil, and it also has ten grams of sugar in each cup. So, if you're, you know, if you're following Glucose Goddess, you know that oat milk is spiking your blood glucose.
1: But I don't have to worry about that.
2: You do. You don't until you do.
1: But I went to the doctor, and she was like, "You." are not diabetic or pre-diabetic. And then I went to another doctor and he was like, do you have insulin resistance? And I was like, I don't know, but I'm not diabetic or pre-diabetic. And he said, well, if you're not pre-diabetic, that means you don't have insulin resistance. Okay. And I said, okay.
2: So you can just chug the oat milk.
1: So I can just shove it on down <laughs> the gullet. I mean, I won't, but I could.
2: Yeah. Uh. And then oat milk is also pretty good for the environment. Um. But you do use oh pesticides including glyphosate
1: oh yeah oats are like the most um glyphosate shit in the world
2: uh coconut milk they it's funny they just say coconut milk is healthy and though it doesn't have protein but then they don't talk about how much saturated fat there is in coconut milk which is weird
1: well no one's concerned about saturated fat anymore except for me and you yeah we're the last
2: two people uh, but the devastate- rainforests are just being destroyed for coconut milk. And then yeah. rice milk, which is like.
1: Rice milk is the most like 80s shit on Earth.
2: It's so, I actually like it. It is, it's really high in sugar. It has 12 grams of sugar.
1: To me, rice milk is like old, that is like old, like Berkeley shit.
2: Totally. Like.
1: Like, yeah.
2: Because why, why did people even, was it like people have people are vegan and then they also have soy allergies because when we were kids there wasn't i mean maybe there was almond milk but it it was not mainstream it was literally just soy or rice i remember when almond
1: milk kind of started taking off and i feel like it was like maybe like 2009 yeah it was like almond milk and greek yogurt kind of like became a thing at the same time it to my memory
2: uh but i mean i've always lived in a world where it was yeah soy milk or rice milk and even back then rice milk was always like sec like no like it was like disrespected at the time
1: i remember like when there were kids who had like allergies or were like lactose intolerant or something like their parents would have rice milk for them at home
2: because it is extremely sweet so maybe it like tastes and i still i mean i wouldn't order it probably but if i was like at like a a boba shop
1: Mm. and they have
2: a rice option it is like it does go well with like i feel like asian flavors
1: boba and acai bowls are everywhere in the city. There are so many boba shops around NYU. The kids oh, love, love it. it.
2: <laughs> they love they Those kids. I, I think there might be, I don't know, something down the line that we don't know about the amount of tapioca that people are consuming.
1: It's crazy. Because
2: back I mean- in our day, you had tapioca pudding if you were sick. No more than four or five times a year.
1: I mean, I have never had tapioca pudding that many times in a year. I may have never had it in my entire life. <laughs> I, but I yeah, do
2: probably.
1: remember Boba did kind of become a thing when I was in high school. Oh yeah. But we would have to go to like um we would have to go to like Little Tokyo or Thai Town to get it. Yeah. Um and it was like a special treat. Like we would go and like have a day walking around and we'd like get a boba tea. But it wasn't like every place had it.
2: Why hasn't Starbucks introduce like it seems like a no-brainer to get gen z to just be addicted as addicted to starbucks as millennials are is to just start offering boba am i is there something i'm not thinking about
1: you know i think i don't think uh, maybe i think they have a ceo problem i i don't know but i feel like that man his you know what is a movie to me or a play howard schultz that's his name right yes Decision to make olive oil coffee at Starbucks. That is, like, that is like a King George level, like madness of Howard Schultz ass shit. Like, he's crazy. Like, that's insane. And I would be surprised if they sell. I bet you most stores sell, literally one a day. If that.
2: If that, yeah. I. It's like like, such a personal pet project that has absolutely no audience and no and it no also, one also
1: like it's it also has no it's not like most of their stuff is like at least based on something that existed mm. like what a coffee drink that existed like in italy or something at some point even if they kind of like transmorgify it into some sort of like grotesque American sugary concoction like its roots are in some actual thing this is just a he made this up he was like I think we should put olive oil in it and they were like we don't think that's a good idea and he's like you have to do what I want this is my company and they were like okay can we put sugar in it too and he was like yes so you can order a cup of coffee that's basically like half coffee, half olive oil, and then half sugar.
2: Do they still? Is that it's still there at the Starbucks?
1: Yes, because don't cancel me everyone. I have been going to Starbucks this week because I was out of my coffee was delayed getting to me and I like needed coffee and there's a Starbucks right down the street. And it's like it was very easy to just like order it ahead in the morning. I'm sorry. I know that we can't go there. But I
2: Wait, why? Because of the union busting? Is that why people can't go there?
1: Oh, there's protest. Yeah. Everyone's boycotting Starbucks.
2: Oh, uh, I I haven't been to Starbucks in years. So not since I sure. almost shit myself on the way home.
1: Yeah. But yeah, let's see. Order. It still thinks I want to go to Laurel Canyon and Burbank. I don't know why. But what's like, oh, yeah. Oleato. You can Ole- get, oh. Oleato. There are like, there are six drinks in this category and you can get an oleato Cafe Latte, which is the ingredients are milk foam, oat milk, steamed hot oat milk. Like I said, blonde espresso roast and olive oil. <laughs> Why would anybody want this?
2: It, I yeah, it's it's a complete complete insanity, uh. And it seems like a, yeah, total layup for them to just be like, oh, we're we 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 do boba and acai bowls now. <laughs>
1: like if they started with the acai bowls forget it actually their acai bowls would probably be bad
2: it wouldn't yeah they wouldn't be good
1: but um I don't know like I get when I lived in LA I think I thought of acai bowls as like kind of actually really unhealthy and like sugar and like super think, high calories get like granola and yeah, almond yeah. butter and then like the acai is so much sugar I was like this isn't this is like fake health food and I'm not gonna eat it but now that I live in New York I literally eat minimum two a week.
2: Wow. (laughs) I still have, I mean, I've made them at home, but I still have never ordered an acai bowl out in the wild.
1: I mean, maybe you'll say it's it's just like, it is the most delicious thing I've ever eaten in my life. They're tasty,
2: yeah. Uh, All right, my best, this is not coming from Goop, but Gwyneth shouted it out in her little essay this week um women's wear daily published an article called the 2024 100 greatest skincare products of all time Mm -hmm. i love a list of course goop got on the list for their uh their you know micro uh, what is it god i can never remember the name of it um you know micro dermabrasion cream whatever it's called
1: whatever that's called yeah that shit is
2: so good um But no, this list. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to go over all 100 issues, but it's or 100 entries, but it has everything from, you know, Vintner's Daughter to Vaseline. It's like high, low. It's a great, I think it's definitely like Google it, bookmark it. And then whenever you're like, oh my God, I want a new skincare product or like I'm deciding between a few things, just check to see if it made the list. I mean, there's Sarah V, there's Set of Phil, there's, Augustinius Bader, you know, for three hundred dollars. I mean, it's it's you know, new, old. It's it's comprehensive. I think this is great journalism. I'm so happy for Gwyneth and Goop that they got a product on the list. I'm sure it's all you know, pay to play. So (laughs) take that as you may.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but it's cool that like you know, it's not just you know music or movies that people are doing these insane lists for anymore. It is. Oh no, they've always done this. Have they? Uh, I guess maybe I haven't been paying attention. Hundred best of I all time. I
1: think probably I think that like doing it, this stuff for skincare is probably more magazines do it for beauty products than movies.
2: Oh, I guess I just don't read like
1: women's like every woman's magazine. Yeah, okay, which is like probably the majority of magazines is like all constantly reviewing stuff like. This. I thought but, this
2: was like a breakthrough in journalism. No one had ever. Yeah, they
1: were like, oh yeah, we're not only ranking. No, it's just like a different kind
2: of. is <laughs> on there. Yeah. Uh, Nivea. I mean, it's every everything you can imagine.
1: Wow, this is pretty
2: good. Wileda. Yeah. Wow. They don't. Ra- Wale- I would if Wale- if I was them, I would have ranked them hundred to one, but they're not. They're just doing alphabetical. Fair. Okie doke. What's your worst? It
1: was something that we talked about last night. Molly.
2: Bob oh, oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Explain. Explain.
1: Is. Pregnant and she's thriving. Boy, is she. And we love this for her. I'm proud of her. I'm happy for her. I wish her nothing but the best. But her word shortening shtick is, has honestly made it I used to like her and I cannot stand it anymore it is so annoying it's like when a little kid says something funny and it's funny once so they say it over and over and over again because they don't know it's not funny anymore Mm -hmm. hoping to get the same laugh that's what it's like and she honestly reached a new low this week on Instagram when she posted a photograph of herself eating a stack of pancakes with the caption just a girl in her two by two patch of sunlight enjoying an extremely tall stack of Cotty Chi pancakes (laughs) Cause the pancakes were made with cottage cheese. And instead of saying that, she called them cottage chi. Which cottage isn't easier to say than cottage cheese.
2: Same amount of syllables, it, almost same the same amount, amount of, amount of
1: letters. It's just you have to think about it a little bit longer because you don't it like really doesn't make any sense when you hear it.
0: Yeah, I, you're sort of
2: you're sort of like uh, saying it in your head as you're reading the words and it takes like a split second to be like, Oh, that's what she means. And then you're just like, sorry, you're like disgusting.
1: <laughs> I hate it.
2: She, so I, yeah. I, I think this little post that she did, cause we both came to this separately. I um, saw it the other night and I was going to put it in my notes to, uh to talk about. It. And then you, you know, messaged me to bring it to my attention. This officially places, I'm going to say, Molly Boz in the Brian Rucker tier one shit list alongside. Okay. okay.
1: So, Brian, I mean, Brian has always been more of a hater than me. I mean, we have to be real. You are.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've always um, ever. I never trusted her. I never.
1: I mean, not of her. I mean, in general, of all.
2: <laughs> oh know. oh, really you think so yeah yeah oh okay <laughs> <laughs> uh possibly i uh I, there's just a few people that i you know i can't seem to get rid of on my social media that just pop up um i never the, the problem with her is and this is similar similar with jen gunter is I find them so obnoxious, so repellent. Mm. And yet,
0: mm.
2: Jen Gunter, 90% of the time, is right about her medical advice. And she's on the right side of history when it comes to pseudoscience. Molly Baz, I hate to say it, but every time I've made a Molly Baz recipe,
1: it's really tasty. Yeah,
2: That's how you get to the tier one shit list for me. Yeah, is if you're like obnoxious, that. but it's that little twinge of damn good at your job the worst and it's so annoying because she's tro- she knows exactly what she's doing with the chi with everything seesaw she's trolling people like us she knows how to get uh people to talk about her and she came up you know in the bon appetit world you know we all know the story Alison roman left bon appetit suddenly adam rapaport needed to hire uh, a cute young white blonde woman quickly she got the job but she is not in the lineage of an allison roman or even like an ina garten or definitely not like a melissa clark She is in the lineage of your rachel rays your sandra lee's your guy fieri's she's she's, guy, she's
1: guy, fieri. guy fieri she's, she's slop she's on plate catchphrase person catchphrase yeah but her recipes are good right
2: her recipes are really good and but they're not It's they're also and again this is like same with Guy Fieri and Paula Deen is another one it's just so so much salt so much fat of course they're gonna be good right and she's catering it to like a you know millennial audience by you know using lots of citrus and lots of herbs blah 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 but then she's also doing the pound of butter I mean, she's eating fucking a tall stack of pancakes in the middle of the day. I don't. Well, first of all, I don't believe that she is eating that many pancakes, even though she yeah. is pregnant. Yeah. Um, Because she's not. She's just not. No. Uh, and. I can't even. I'm my brain is fried because the, the, just imagining the graphic design of that book more is more and that's more is more is a. I mean, she's she's she knows her brand. She knows her what? Her brand, her brand. she called her book More is More. Mm. And it's, that is what her, and it again, the food is tasty, but you can't eat it that often. You can't make it that often because it's a lie. It's similar to, well, Guy Fieri, you know, his body conforms to the stereotype of someone who eats Guy Fieri food. Mm. Um, but when you see a thin, white, blonde woman, you know they're not. She's not, even though she I mean she's pregnant, so maybe, you know, she's eating probably more than she usually does, but she's not eating her her own fucking food that often.
1: Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I do feel like that is something with some women. Like they like to make they like to cook. It's big with baking too. Like people who love to like bake a bunch of stuff, but then like give it all away.
2: Yeah. I mean, I get it's that. Like, Cause like if you baked every week and you're eating all of it, like that's you can't. Like, but it's like, be...
1: don't make me eat your fucking poisonous shit. Just fucking eat it. I don't know. Like, it, it's. I don't think it's nice. I think it's like actually mean.
2: Oh, it's like an aggressive act to like. I think it's like an give, aggressive
1: act. Yeah.
2: Give your baked goods away.
1: I mean, yeah. To an extent.
2: I'm glad that I don't. I mean, I like baking fine, and I definitely like crave baked goods every once in a while, but I def- I, I'm i glad that I don't like baking in the same way that I like cooking, because if I did, um, I would weigh 500 pounds,
1: because
2: huh? I don't have anyone to give it away to.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: So Molly Boss, yeah, whatever, tier, tier one. So I'm sorry to say for everyone listening, you're going to be hearing a lot. If you're on tier one for me, you're going to be hearing a lot more about her. I'm going to uh, follow um, the ins and outs.
1: Wait, so what's your worst?
2: Oh, my worst is the, um, the podcast, this, the goop podcast Gwen, cause I, I listened to it because Gwyneth hosted, there's not much to say. She had an a author on named something, let's see, Do Hig his name, uh, Anyway, he has a book called Super Communicators. Okay. Gwyneth is obsessed with like dinner party conversations. All of a sudden.
1: Yeah, I don't know what that's about. I it's guess because she read honestly, this book, she probably got like some sort of like like analytics report that was like people care about dinner parties right now. Yeah, was,
2: okay. yeah. It's weird. She's been talking about this like nonstop for several weeks. Um, but this guy, I mean, this because she asked him like questions like what's a good like prompt to have at a dinner party like how to like and like when you you were an a-list actor like you know how to talk to people at a party this is such such a weird thing to even care about uh she says I mean,
1: she I hates guess she was like trying to turn it into story because she did the same thing where she was like i love to like have like one I can't remember what she was what the phrase that she used for it but like the idea was that like everybody was engaged in the same conversation instead of like a dinner party with like several side
2: conversations. a single thread yeah single, single thread. thread and I think she probably gets that phrasing from this book uh but she asks him so like what if she hates small talk Oh, he he advises her because she's like, oh, whenever I just have small talk at a party, it's people are talking about such superficial things. They're just saying, like, oh, I love my Lamborghini and like stuff like that. And he's like, well, then you should ask them, like, how does the Lamborghini make you feel? And honestly,
1: these questions are not good. Like, nobody wants to be asked that if someone's like, I love my Lamborghini. They just want you to be like, I'm so jealous. If you ask any sort of. When people say stuff like that and you ask literally any follow-up question, they get defensive.
2: Yes, because like, you, I'm sorry, I'm not at my they know what they're
1: doing and I think that they're kind of surprised. You know what it is? It's like the idea of like the Freudian like object where I talk about it all the time, the idea like. You envision a conversation in your head and the person you're having a conversation with is the object, but the object is really just like something that you've created. So really it's a conversation with yourself. So any type of response you anticipate is really only something that you can already see coming but when you actually get it out into the real world and like say the thing you practice saying it's never what you thought the person was going to say back because it's a completely different person having their own subjective experience who wasn't with you and doesn't understand your thought process to where how you got to the thing you were going to say and they're going to have their own unique response so like when they imagine someone saying oh my god i love the lamborghini they just imagine the response being like i wish i could have that or like I'm mm-hmm. can I see it or tell me more what do you like about it and then they, they're going to get to say like I like you know whatever details of the Lamborghini like you're going to be like they're going to yeah. enjoy recounting the thing that they like and you're going to enjoy hearing about it which you will not so like when the response is something like what do you what does it make you feel or something like that it's it's jarring and it's not pleasant it's not the pleasant experience that they were hoping to achieve, which was just them like talking incessantly about themselves.
2: Yeah. Cause yeah. everyone is more, I mean, you're, you know, comfortable talking about yourselves and especially when it comes to objects and, you know, wealth and luxury and stuff, of course you like it because it signifies that you're wealthy. Like there's no other, like, I mean, I'm sure I've never driven in a Lamborghini. I've never been in a Lamborghini, but I can't imagine the experience. I mean, I just don't care about cars, but I'm like, is it that different from my Prius? I mean probably but I don't would know. i care i just that's like the literally the last thing i would spend money on but whatever yeah um so she asks this guy this is this is even crazier she asks him like so if you you know wanted to start um a single thread conversation at a dinner party do you have any like tips for just like asking like a prompt or a topic and his idea his suggestion for a dinner party conversation is the question when is the last time you cried in front of another person?
1: This sounds like the setup of like a horror movie. Like if someone's at like a weird dinner party and like the first indication that like the hosts are a little bit funny
2: yeah, I, is
1: like they ask that question. And then by the end, it's like a bloodbath.
2: Yeah. I would turn it into a bloodbath right then and there. If someone asked yeah. me that, I mean, he claims that like, you'll be so surprised. Half of the people will say something wonderful that happened. And they, and they were crying tears of joy. No,
1: I don't want to know. I, really I don't, don't, I
2: don't. Yeah. Joy, tragedy. I don't care.
1: I. I also literally think here's the thing. Only have like-minded friends and talk to them about movies. Then you're done.
2: Talk about movies. Talk about, tv shows after a couple drinks my my tragic flaw is after a couple drinks i try to get i get a little spicy and try to just like start talking about politics
1: but nobody wants to talk to you about politics
2: <laughs> well i usually i sort of get shut down or i get a elbow oh. in the <laughs> chest
1: well because your politics are just like stuff from it's just like chopo trap house. <laughs> and around like
2: uh no I like you know i like to argue you with like people. to spice it up you like, like to spice throw it a up
1: ball. you like to see you like to get people a little uncomfortable oh did you quiet. see
2: marianne unsuspended her campaign
1: i feel like that's she's, a really bad sign
2: she's back in business
1: <laughs> i'm really kind of over marianne uh, <laughs>
0: unfortunately oh,
2: yeah no i know what you mean oh and then gwyneth gwyneth's little her question that she likes to act act ask people i guess one-on-one is what is the issue currently in your life that you are trying to resolve?
1: And you're like the war in Gaza,
2: yeah, 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 <laughs> why yeah, why don't you resolve your fucking Instagram comments where everyone is just calling you out for endorsing genocide, Miss Paltrow
1: yeah um, okay, so my saddest is well, it's actually not sad or crazy. I was just sort of surprised to see it. Emily Mariko has a green chef oh huh. and I I mean good for her I feel like you know this stuff just happens so fast you know like one day you're making salmon bowls on tiktok and the next day you have a brand deal with green chef I guess that's just kind of like the way that it goes um I don't, I don't really understand Emily Mariko. Like, I don't really get what she, like, is she a chef? She's not a chef. She's like a lifestyle person.
2: Yeah. Well, and she has no, just, I mean, I, I've only watched a handful of her like videos, but she has no discernible personality. It's just sort of like, um, a very chill, relaxing vibe, right?
1: Well, I mean, for a TikTok, it's like how oh, in her in her green chef, you are basically making this a salmon and rice bowl.
2: Well, I should hope so. That's what she's known for.
1: I guess, but like the whole point of the salmon and rice bowl was that it's like very easy and you make it with like leftovers and it's just like the kind of thing you can throw together when you when just from like food you have in your fridge. Or like from last night's dinner or whatever. That was the point
2: yeah let's see so emily mariko you get the sockeye salmon with sweet heat pan sauce maple cauliflower bowls with seared tofu beef tenderloin with brown butter potatoes one pot herb chicken soup chicken with cardamom spice greek yogurt ricotta pancakes with cherry maple syrup chicken with sriracha apricot pan sauce and seared beef tenderloin with ginger lime aioli
1: that's a lot of food Anyway, I don't know if it was really sad or crazy. I think it was really more just notable. Well,
2: it's like, what is, I mean, I guess she's like insanely popular. Um, Yeah, she's
1: insanely popular. She's insanely,
2: but, and Green Chef is is just like.
1: Gen Z ordering, this is like the most millennial shit in the world. But you know what? I think she is very millennial. Oh, absolutely. She's just like a young millennial.
2: And I guess it's like, I mean, now, and Gen Z, you know, they're, they're. Deep into their 20s, they got jobs. They don't have a lot of time to cook. They're ordering green chef, I guess. They're not
1: ordering. I really don't think they're ordering green chef. Yeah. Well, they're still pretty young. You know, they're like the youngest. Well, I don't know. I guess the youngest Gen Z would be like 20, like 27.
2: The oldest Gen Z. Yeah.
1: I mean, the oldest Gen Z.
2: Yeah. 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 So they're like,
1: like, Mm. you know, I feel like they're kind of. I just, I don't know. I don't, I feel like I don't see it. The subscription boxes, I, this is for us. We do this.
2: Yeah. And I like, I do it. I mean, I did Blue Apron for a few months during the pandemic. I specifically wanted to do it because Gwyneth was doing a collaboration with, I think, Seamus. What's his name? I
1: remember this. Yeah. And then Love when that. I
2: ordered it, it had already sold out. So I didn't even get any of the goop. Meals, And then I was on the hook for three months of Blue Apron. And it is like, I mean, it's cooking for, no offense, it's cooking for like stupid people. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's so much packaging. It's like, oh, here's a tablespoon of soy sauce. Here's like a tablespoon of sriracha. And you're just ripping all these packets. And it has, it gives you none of the satisfaction of actually cooking. Mm, but because you're
1: like assembling you're
2: just assembling and i get if you know you don't have the time to like grocery shop or like plan meals it's probably like you know it's better than getting takeout every day but it's like it's depressed it was like this is depressing
1: interesting okay and then your craziest was my, the plant milk thing. my
2: craziest was the plant milk yeah
1: okay uh, so my would you try? Parents, my, it used to be the best but now it's the now it's the try so they have a new cleansing balm and I like a cleansing balm I think usually a cleansing balm is something you can like put on use as like sort of a makeup remover
2: mm-hmm.
1: my experience you know you sort of like rub it on and then like rub it off and take off your makeup um and I think that they've been introducing so many new products so let's see Gwyneth posted about it on Instagram in her stories Someone, it was, she did like an AMA on, on uh, Instagram and someone said, I saw you launched a cleansing balm. I want to try it, but I have really sensitive skin. Thoughts?
2: What a real question from a real person. Her
1: response. <laughs> Our new cleansing balm is really fantastic. It cleanses without stripping the skin's barrier and leave, she spelled it like skins, like you have multiple skins, um, <laughs> and leaves skin soft and thoroughly cleansed no matter your skin type. It's safe for sensitive and oily slash congested skin, so I'd give it a try. Good advice.
2: I mean, straight and from the I copy will. editor's says mouth. I will. try
1: it. I'll try it one day. Not it does today. sound
2: nice. Uh,
1: and its It looks like it is part of Goop. Um, no, this is part of Goop Jeans line. Okay. Which is like too clinical for me. I don't really like that line. I really like the Goop Glow.
2: They need to... I mean, they need to, like, if they have the good, clean goop discount line, they need to just streamline the regular goop line and not have goop glow, goop jeans. It's too complicated for the average person.
1: Okay, what would you try?
2: I would try, uh, so they keep that chef that she's obsessed with, that, I guess he's Australian or South African, um, Josh Emmett. And he's done, he does, like, he did, like, the paleo. He's sort of paleo, but Oh, I guess this is paleo. That's what it is. Cause he looks like really like in shape and he did some weird gluten-free mac and cheese that looked disgusting.
1: I don't want to be paleo. I want to be vegetarian. Yeah,
2: but this one, it does look good. It's a, oh no, this isn't paleo. Cause that's pasta in it. I don't know what it is. It's a chicken orzo bake. It looks simple. It's chicken thighs. It's a lot of Dijon mustard, garlic, a little bit of heavy cream, chicken stock. I would do it. I would make it a low glycemic version using bonza rice or barilla does a chickpea orzo um i would substitute that and it would be an easy weeknight meal and at least i mean thank goodness for small miracles he is not um he's not calling it like a chi ors
1: yeah exactly and it's like well i guess he couldn't at this point i mean she'd probably like sue him for copyright
2: trademark abbreviations the other thing about molly that is like oh gets under my skin is she her content because she lives like pretty close to me and part of her thing is to go to like local la grocery stores and like do like Mm -hmm. grocery tours and pick out like cool products and it's fucking good Because I'm like, oh, I want to go to that she store. She
1: definitely seems like cool. I feel like she and Allison and Roman, what they have in common is like, I mean, I've really never made any of Molly Boz's recipes. I've made a bunch of Allison Romans, but like they're like Martha Stewart y kind of for, they're like millennial Martha Stewarts because they are really about like entertaining more than just um, recipes, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and I think Molly even more than Allison, even though I think Allison Roman's like kind of allure was the sort of like idea of having like a cool effortless um dinner party for young people was like a was an allison roman fantasy yeah um but molly boz is like my house is the fun house and i have fun stuff here and we have fun so like come to my fun house and if you act like me you'll have the fun house too
2: yeah for sure
1: um Kind of more like everyday entertaining than allison roman is kind of like formal entertaining or whatever
2: a little yeah <laughs> and like allison roman she has like a patina of like cool in the way that like i mean molly boz is i guess cool too in the sense that it's very like you know palm springs desert cactus stuff but her person her personality to me is like rachel ray she's like ah
1: yeah, I mean, I just feel like Allison. Ro- I don't know about the personality, but I just know like I feel like the brand sort of like Allison Roman is very like New York social. Like, oh, I had this like like she's someone who's like having steaks and martinis at ten o'clock mm-hmm. at night, and um, you know, everyone sort of like piles into her house after a night of drinking, and she like whips up like a Roman pasta for everybody, wow. and like that's kind of the. That's, like, the idea. And then Molly really does feel very domestic.
2: Domestic. And now, I mean, because she's going to have a kid, she's going to – I mean, she'll pivot effortlessly to, like, mommy kid cooking. Kid food.
1: Yeah. And she'll have, like, a brand of, like, macaroni and cheese or something.
2: Uh, like yeah, little, like, fucking – Chicken fingers. Chicken whatever. fingers. God. Smart woman.
1: Um. Okay. The thing I would buy is the Jolie-filtered shower head. This – it's something I've seen around. I've seen it on TikTok. I think that the young ladies enjoy it. And now I want one too. I really don't understand what's so special about it. Taking off your shower head and putting a new shower head on. Should I try it? I've done it's it. A waste of time. How long do I plan on staying in this apartment? I want to go home so bad. I want to go back to Ellis. Getting a good
2: shower head is like a game changer. Even if you have a shitty bathroom, a shitty shower.
1: My apartment in LA is so fucking nice. And my apartment in New York is such a dump. And that's the way the world works.
2: Yeah. So it happens.
1: Um. Anyway, but this is the thing I would buy. I th- And it's not that expensive. I, th- I think it was like 125 bucks. So it's like not unatt- unattainable or anything, but it's just more like, am I going to do this? And the answer is probably not, but I could,
2: you could, and you know, it's yours. So you could take it off when you move back. Take it and with me. Put it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, quickly. I would, it's not really about the product. This is a, um, a really, they went back to the hello, my ages.
1: Uh, uh, I haven't seen one of those in a while.
2: Yeah. I haven't seen And this one was great. It was Gene, of course wrote it. This was um, a woman named Monica Rich Cosan, who is a photographer, sixty-four-year-old t- photographer slash locket designer.
1: Charm wave, charm
2: Um, and she looks obviously like a fresh-faced. I mean, she looks like she's in her thirties. It's crazy, and she uses the Augustinius Bader three hundred dollar rich cream. The only she's like it's the only I used to have a. You know, big skincare protocol. I was using this and that and this. Now one step, I just slather this shit on, go to bed, wake up, take my pictures, make my lockets, rake in millions, get interviewed by Gene. Easy peasy.
1: Should I be using this?
2: I mean, it's literally 10 times more expensive than the skin than the skin cream I currently use. Uh so I am not able to, but if you you know, it's only uh, it's, well, it's like it two shower heads. All the
1: other stuff.
2: Oh, it's true, true. Yeah,
1: something to consider.
2: I imagine she's gotten a few nips and tucks here and there too. But
1: well, nobody's perfect. I mean, everybody needs a little yeah. bit of help sometimes.
2: She also says, "Stay out of the sun. Eat well. Yeah. Salads and protein. Occasional fries and Chardonnay." Um. And believe in yourself. There's nothing more beautiful than a strong, kind, confident woman. I always tell my daughters that beauty comes from within. It makes you glow.
1: Let me take a look at this gal. Um, How old is she?
2: 64.
1: Yeah, she looks great. I think she looks like she's like 44.
2: 44, yeah. I mean, yeah, she looks great.
1: Yeah, good for her. Okay, well, I'm going to buy that then. Oh, she said she uses Vintner's Daughter, right?
2: I think. Oh, yeah.
1: She still uses retinol.
2: So, oh, yeah, retinol and moisturizer. She,
1: every night after cleansing, She so she does use retinol still. And every night she uses Augustinia's Bader Batter Rich Cream and it does cost three hundred dollars
2: but you know she sells one locket and that's like 10 tubs of augustinius beta cream probably it How doesn't do these... look like you get
1: a lot either
2: no i've seen it in um a store and it's like tiny
1: holy shit that might i mean don't you want to know
2: i i think it does
1: could... and she says that she uses vintner's daughter
2: so that's another two hundred.
1: And she uses sunscreen. And she so, walks. And she takes magnesium, bath salt, baths, and uses body oil. She's using stuff. She's
2: using everything.
1: All right. Well, good for her.
2: Uh nice. Okie doke. Well, I think that's it for this week. Um Yeah. Thank you for listening. Apologize to all the um, Molly Baz stands out there. Uh, yeah,
1: I wouldn't. I'm just gonna say, I'm not saying she's level one. I'm just saying, like the it's it's intentionally irritating, yeah. right? Like,
2: and like her book. Guy, go to a bookstore, just look at her book. It will give you a headache. I still want to. I still want to get it because those recipes, yeah. I bet are good. Anyway,
0: good.
2: Fuck. fuck. All
1: fuck right, me. look, we'll talk to you next week if you're a Patreon. If not, we'll talk to you the week after that. luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use
0: safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week.